A white lady scams a family into a marriage proposal this week on Rebooted. Oh, fuck. How do we do this? <laughs> I say a thing. Yes. And then you say something. Welcome, everyone, to Rebooted. Re- yes. And then we say it together, I think. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Okay. <clears throat> A white woman scams a family into a marriage proposal. Welcome, everyone, to Reboot, the podcast where we are recasting classic movie reboots so Hollywood doesn't have to do it. This week, we are doing the 1995 holiday rom-com While You Were Sleeping, starring Sandra Bullock, Bill Pullman, Peter Gallagher, and Jack Warden. Um... Hi, everyone. We're back. It has been a significant time since we have recorded a podcast, and we are just relearning how to ride this bicycle. So bear with us. Yeah. Kenna, how have you been? How? What have you been doing while we were sleeping? <laughs> Much like Peter Gallagher, I've been asleep this whole time. <laughs> it's just hibernating, huh? Well, you missed a lot. I was in a coma, and... My brother fell in love with my fake fiance. It's pretty insane. (laughs) I want to start off by sincerely apologizing because I picked this movie and I love it. It's a classic rom-com. But also, as I was watching it this time around, I was like, this is profoundly sad as well. (laughs) And I just, there were many moments where I was just so... uh, so down with Sandra Bullock and her (laughs) lonely hearts life. Well, I want to apologize because I didn't realize this wasn't a Thanksgiving movie. It is straight up a Christmas movie that we're releasing in November. Well, (laughs) I have no response. So (laughs) (laughs) this is just how we're doing it. Um, do you remember that day at the hospital? Of course you remember that day at the hospital. Well, um, There was a little mix-up. I saw Peter get pushed onto the tracks, and uh, I saved his life. But when I got to the hospital, they wouldn't let me see him. So um, someone told the doctor that I was his fiance. Only, um, it's not true. I was never engaged to Peter. Can we talk about just a tiny bit uh, uh, before we really get into it? The age range of the three Callahan children don't make any sense because it's like Jack is around 40. Mm -hmm. Peter's around 40. Yeah. The sister is like 14. Yeah. I in the trivia, it says that the actress who plays Mary is 15 and we're just kind of assuming that's how old she is in the movie, but for no reason at all, her, the age difference, like they don't explain in any way why her brothers are so much older than her. Her brothers could be her dad. (laughs) Like, yes, yes, that is true. (laughs) Maybe maybe Peter secretly knocked up someone and they're just (gasps) doing the old, the Uh old, your dad is your brother. Uh Oh, you know, that happened to Ted Bundy. I'm not saying that's why he did what he did, but it did mess him up. It also happened to Jack Nicholson and oh, yeah. Phil Collins. Wait, what? It's either Phil Collins or Peter Frampton, who I always get confused. But one <laughs> of them thought one of them thought his mother was his sister and all that. The, 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 the. Yeah. Yada, yada, yada. Okay. Anyways. I feel like we've uncovered something, actually, then. <laughs> uh, 
Welcome, everyone, to Rebooted. I am Brian Flynn, and with me, as always, is Kenna Trent. Kenna, uh, how are you? Uh, we kind of said our hellos earlier, but right. like we haven't been here in a while. <laughs> like, holy shit. Like, it, it, it's just been a busy, busy yeah. uh, year. You've been super busy work-wise. Um, I have been very busy doing nothing. But, yeah, I mean, like you said, we talked about this before. Like, whatever, guys, you don't need to know what's going on in our Confucius would say, or was it Sun Tzu would say, doing nothing doesn't mean you're not doing anything. You know what I mean? Like, staying wrong. still staying still isn't doing nothing. Like, so I wouldn't say you're not doing anything. Just it, saying. <laughs> if I were to move, if this were to be a video medium and I were to move this camera around, you would see I have slowly dismantled my entire apartment. And <laughs> th that is what I've been doing. <laughs> um, well, okay. Ken and I you know, for years now have been taking classic Hollywood movies and recasting them as if they were to be remade today. And this episode, guess what, guys? Absolutely no different. We're going to do that <laughs> again. Um, but before we do that, we want to talk about some reboot news, which is surprising because we usually have a chock full rundown of things. And having been away for so long, you'd think that things would have piled up, but it's kind of weirdly been a little quiet on the reboot front. However, we do have something uh, for you. A Twister sequel named Twisters has been uh, greenlit. Uh, this according to the AV Club. Uh, nearly 30 years after Bill Paxson and Helen Hunt proved that a good leather belt is more powerful than the finger of God, weather is coming back for seconds. Steven Spielberg and the Nostalgia Hounds at Amblin gave the green light to Twisters, a sequel to the 1996 meteorological hit Twister. Um, we did this movie mm -hmm. several years ago, and yeah. I could look it up. Um, it is a classic action, I want to say romance movie, um, but uh, action yeah. is definitely at the forefront. Disaster. Of, it's a disaster. It's a disaster a movie. About, disaster movie. About tornado chasers running around the Midwest trying to solve a technological question of whether or not meteorologists can predict when twisters happen. Spoiler alert for the 30-year-old movie, they do. And um, but not before a giant twister or twisters uh go crazy on a, a 15 mile stretch of farmland. Um this is Dana's favorite action movie. Uh this is uh I saw this during the pandemic at a drive-thru. It was actually um Really nice to, to rewatch it again. Um, I I would say this is probably a top five iconic action movie. So getting a sequel is is pretty exciting. Yeah, in the great tradition of just pluralizing the name of a movie to make a sequel, a la Aliens, or what's another one? <laughs> um, I. Uh... Yeah. Who doesn't love Who doesn't love Twister? It is a '90s classic, and 
I, for one, am excited because I feel like in the mid-90s, they were just trying to make Dorothy fly. And now, you know, there has to be some like insane technology that we use to track storm patterns. And there's like all this new stuff we know. Like it's it's going to be a completely teched out, which I kind of hope they keep the dynamic of like the rough and tumble uh, ragtag team of storm chasers versus like the corporate storm chasers. Cause that's really fun, but we'll see. Yeah. I, I'm you know, up. I was, it's kind of a bummer because um, obviously the original had such a star studded cast and two of the iconic um, players have now passed on specifically the lead Bill Paxton or the co-lead Bill Paxton and Philip Seymour Hoffman, who played maybe, the, maybe one of his best roles. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know how you could really rank Philip Seymour Hoffman movies, but um, uh, yeah, it, 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 the question is sort of like Helen Hunt. Does Helen Hunt return? Mm-hmm. Is it just sort of a new group of people? How is it loosely tied together? Yeah. I mean, I would be, I'm interested to see like how they go. Like we we have been blessed this summer, which is crazy. It feels like two years ago, to have finally gotten a requel of such high quality in Top Gun Maverick mm-hmm. that it's um, you would think that they have finally cracked the quote unquote recipe for how to do this thing. While still making it feel new, but the, I don't know. the recipe was the recipe that they followed was it's just the same movie, but <laughs> <laughs> but now, <laughs> <laughs> yes, um... <laughs> which to be honest, I'm not I'm not upset about. I enjoyed Top Gun Maverick. I think I've enjoyed a lot of the sequels and requels that have been like, well, it's just pretty much the same just, uh, just now. So um, let's yeah, get I Helen mean, Hunt back. Let's get Carrie Elwes back. Let's get Alan Ruck back. Alan Ruck, yeah. Please leave Jamie Gertz on the side. Aww. Not my favorite character in that movie. Oh, it would be fun though. If she rolled in. Cause she like, <laughs> she gives up, but like, what if she's now like, dedicated to it you she know? gives up she totally gives up <laughs> although people people have yelled at me about how uh there needs to be justice for jamie jamie kurtz uh in that movie i i don't see it i think i find her to be absolutely one of the weirdest written characters of all time like a woman who literally does not want to be in the in the movie she's in yeah is basically all she's doing the entire time which is uh, very strange, but but also really interesting because she thought she wanted to marry a like TV meteorologist who then <laughs> like gets back in an old pattern and absolutely loses his mind and is like, no, we're gonna be fine. We're just gonna drive into the middle of a tornado. You're gonna be great. And she was like, ah, uh, <laughs> actually, I'll see you in the morning. I won't be there. What? What? What are you saying? I'm saying goodbye. No. You know what? I I can't compete with this. 
I wouldn't even know where to start. Wait, don't do this now, please. Sooner or later, please. it ended. We both know that. <laughs> the funny thing is, I, I'm not that upset. Okay, let's move on to, again, not really news, but we're going to talk about it because in case you've been living under a rock for the past like month, Brendan Fraser, like like me, I woke up and I was like, Oh my gosh, Brendan Fraser's back. (laughs) He's back in a big, big way. Not not a whale pun. That is not a whale pun. I meant his celebrity is rising again. Yes, he is. He's back, baby. The Renaissance is official. It is. He, I mean, the way everybody's talking, he's going to be nominated for an Oscar this year for The Whale, and he is just getting all the love that he has rightfully earned, um, given the weird way his career has gone. But in one of those interviews, um, as he's been doing for this uh, festival circuit for The Whale, Mm -hmm. uh, he... I, it gets asked about the mummy, of course, because it's a classic. Uh, he says, "I don't know how it would work, but I'd be open to it if someone came up with the right conceit." Brendan, call me. I will. Brendan, we have the right person, and her <laughs> name is Kenna Trent. I will pitch this movie. Um, but okay, he, without oh, please. I, I was going to say he also dug a little bit at the idea that. Uh, Tom Cruise's The Mummy did not do great. He said it's a hard movie to make. The ingredient that we had going for our mummy, which I didn't see in the new mummy, was fun. That was what was lacking. It was too much of a straightforward horror movie, and it should be more of a thrill ride. But he also says, I know how difficult it is to pull it off. I tried to do it three times. So I think he's right 100%. The Tom Cruise Mummy was not fun. Um... And if you turned it off when you realized that Russell Crowe was playing Dr. Jekyll, you did. That's okay. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, I think I honestly would be shocked if this conversation was not being had in rooms at Universal, given the attention that its star is getting at the moment. (laughs) Yeah. I, okay. Let's let's talk about the <clears throat> very briefly the Tom Cruise no fun uh, mummy. Uh, it was uh, oh here's an old chestnut from back in the day. It was too busy trying to build the dark universe. Oh boy. Let's not talk. Then about it was it. <laughs> it was trying to actually make a good movie. And I I'm trying to remember it's it was sort of like Tom Cruise is cursed. With the mummy's curse or something while another mummy was trying to something, something. I don't it, – it was too convoluted. The most memorable thing about it was when they released the trailer, but it didn't have the right sound. Do you remember when this happened? Oh, yeah. And so in cer- yes. you would watch the preview in certain theaters when it first came out, and it was like just a uh, – like an effects track of him being like, oh, oh, oh. Pan, pan, this is November 4, zero, niner, niner. What the hell? Uh. 
that's the most fun that movie really had was that fucked up trailer um brendan fraser back as the mummy uh i'm in 350 percent for yeah absolutely yes i know we've done a double episode on this movie check it out guys episode 100 um what do you think uh what do you think they do because they did make three of them plus Mm -hmm. two scorpion kings i mean do you chop off two and three and make a and just say this one is a is a new sequel, sort of like the Halloween franchise, or do you just keep everything the same? Their son is now, you know, because he's genetically weirdly Benjamin Buttoning into an adult faster than any character in cinematic history. It's true. How did it happen? Is, this, is the same age as Brendan Fraser now? Uh, maybe older. I um. Rachel Weiss, like, and and you mentioned, like, I I believe that you have a mummy movie in you, and I don't want you to share your secrets and all your your ideas. But like, what what would you do for this version? Like, what would you what would you want to see as a maybe as a fan? Like, what would you want to see? Not as a writer, but as a fan. Like, what what would really hit the mark? I mean, I want to see the cast come together. Like I want Brendan Fraser, I want Rachel Weisz, I want um, who am I missing? I want John Hanna. I don't know who they got to play his his like older son. And I'll say this: I think The Mummy Returns is canon. I don't think The Tomb of the Dragon Emperor is canon. <laughs> wow, you're gonna do so, Jet Li dirty like that? They did Jet Li dirty like that. <laughs> But I think like it's what's fun about this is they said it in a time where like I looked it up because I was curious. The last movie, The Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, takes place in 1946. And it's kind of weird that they go to like build this lore around ancient emperors and the terracotta army and all that business. Because I'm like, what's more what's more interesting than that? Like lots of things. Let's go back to Egypt where people are uh Actually, ooh, that's an interesting idea. Let's not talk about it too much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Kenna's, Kenna has a meeting with her managers immediately <laughs> after this. So, All right. Well, why don't we uh, keep all of our secrets to ourselves yes. so we can get rich off of them and then mm-hmm. turn to a movie that has already been made. Uh, you ready to talk about this movie? A hundred million percent. Oh, that that's a very high percentage. <laughs> so why wait? Uh, folks, this is a reboot of While You Were Sleeping. Pussy, you think you can find me a nice girl for Jack? Oh, Mom, come on. Well, I, I, I really don't know Jack's type, so I'm not one to throw him. I like blondes, chubby ones. <laughs> Alan Ladd wasn't tall. Marshall Dillon was six foot five. Mm. Well, we all know who Lucy's type is. Mm-hmm. These mashed potatoes are so creamy. You like brunettes. I could never make a good pot roast. You need good beef. Argentina has great beef. Beef and Nazis. <laughs> John Wayne was tall. Dustin Hoffman was 5'6". Would you want to see Dustin Hoffman save the Alamo? His mashed potatoes are so creamy. Spain has good beef. Mary mashed um... Cesar Romero was tall. Cesar Romero was not Spanish. I didn't say Cesar Romero was Spanish. Well, what did you say? I said Cesar Romero is tall. We all know he's tall. Well, that's what I said. Cesar Romero is tall. That's all I said. A friend of mine last night, uh, I mentioned that we were doing this movie. 
friend of mine mentioned that she uh, she's not a big Sandra Bullock fan. Like she hates she, uh, hates a strong word, but she just like can't get into any Sandra Bullock movie. Like just I don't know. Wow, the quirkiness, the the whole thing. I have to say, if Sandra Bullock wasn't in this movie, this movie would stink, 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 stink. <laughs> like, uh, and I, I do think that um, uh, the F- Peter Boyle and Jack Warden really do a great job, also elevating this movie, um, and Glynis Johns, but. This leading role is so important to this movie. If you do not like Lucy, this movie stinks. Like, just stinks. And I know that's important with every movie. But, like, I think Sandra Bullock, um, I don't know. I, 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 We've done a lot of her movies in the past. And we've kind of talked about her, her sort of, like, charm and quirkiness, to use a lack of a better word. But, um... This movie really, as I was watching, I was like, man, this is this is such a great modern fairy tale, like the orphan girl who lives with, you know, she doesn't live with like stepsisters, but she has like, you know, a a really um, patient landlord who has like a son who might be a sex offender. You know what I mean? Like like she's like alone and stuck and she works in a booth like she might as well live under a bridge. You know what I mean? And then she sees this family and spends, you know, she gets accepted into this world. Like it is really, really well done. By the end of this movie, I was like, man, I came into this really being like, ah, this probably is just going to be fine. I was like, this is, this is kind of classic. Um, It is riddled with fairy tale um, nods, particularly Sleeping Beauty, um, which according to the, trivia was kind of the original idea for this the roles were switched and it would have been um like a a male cta worker falls in love with a woman and then they were like well that might be a little predatory so they switched the uh switched those roles and it is a lot cuter but yeah it's there's lots of like almost like Saul sort of becomes like her fairy godmother and that Mm -hmm. he knows, but he's, he wants to protect her and the family. Like it is, it is a very weird, weird fairy tale in a way. (laughs) Um, the, The one thing that I was thinking about in this movie is the sort of comedy of errors of how this family believes that Lucy is, um, Peter's fiance it is it, it's such a delicate line because first of all an, uh, I love how they kind of don't like Peter <laughs> like they're oh, like yeah. at first they're just like oh how come he never told how could he never tell us that she was engaged and as the movie goes on you're kind of like is Peter like kind of not good like they, they, they drop all of these like weird hints that like Peter is actually not this like perfect dream of of lucy's like um i mean i'm not gonna mention the testicle thing i i just <laughs> did mention the testicle but it's one of the things where they're like well he always got one nut so uh, like red flag like okay that can 
Talk about Calm a down. very weird moment in the movie. They literally <laughs> say, I mean, if Lucy wanted to prove that she they were together, she could prove it. And they just kind of look at her. And I was like, oh, boy, that's his grandma. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, hey, actually, that's a really good point. I think that that's something that I would want to change about the movie is that it seems like in this version – Peter wakes up and is like, I'm a whole new man. Like I almost died. And now I just, I don't want to be living the way I was living. He just, he has a renewed uh, zest for life. But I think what's interesting is that everybody is kind of like, I don't like, he doesn't, he doesn't spend time with his family. He's with this woman who is, uh, who is a little like entitled and, he's paid for all of her plastic surgery. It's revealed. She's married. She's married. Like, I, I like the idea that maybe we come to realize that like, she's fallen in love with a pretty face, but he's an asshole. And so it makes sense that like who she actually falls in love with is his, uh, kind younger brother who like, I, I think that it's because at the end of the day, it's a little strange that it's, just like, yeah, we were never together. And Peter's kind of like, oh, weird. Yeah, I, I, I kind of thought that, but I was, I, I don't know. I think that dynamic seems much more interesting to me. Well, it, 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 I read this interview with Peter Gallagher where they were on Vulture, where they were talking about, like, what is it like to act being asleep? And he weirdly <laughs> was like, I'm really good at falling asleep. So I just fell asleep. Um, <laughs> Uh, people out there, check it out. It's it's a really f- funny read. Um, but he he did mention that like there was a version of this movie that they all signed on for, and it was like great. And then when they got to Chicago, it had changed significantly, and he was like, it was a terrible script. And they like everyone was sort of like improvising their way back to the original version mm-hmm. that felt a little more grounded. And he particularly was like, they really just wanted to make Peter a jerk like an absolute jerk and he was like no like this family is a nice family like he like he wouldn't just like i don't he he kind of became protective of peter and thought like wouldn't it be better if he came out of it and had this like stunning realization that his life was like like a complete disaster and that maybe he has to turn this around no <laughs> you, you, you don't know, rotten to the core. I think I just I I I kind of want there to be a more solid reason for her because of course it's like yeah she falls for Jack because she gets to know him she just has no idea who Peter is so it makes more right. sense I feel like to be like well ooh yeah no she's not gonna marry this guy who wakes up and is like where is my where's my girlfriend who is somebody else's wife let's you know. I, I was thinking because I actually kind of thought that this was a little tricky in terms of the brothers. Like, okay. what is that dynamic? Um, I I sort of started to think about Peter. I, this is also a genius. I keep thinking of a hundred different things to talk about this movie. But this is what's so genius about this movie is that we have not really talked about the two main characters. All we're really talking about is the guy <laughs> who's been asleep yes. for like an hour in this movie. But I started to think about, okay, Peter and Jack, like – how how do you update this? How do you make this a little bit more relatable? And I kind of kept thinking about Peter as like, you know, Peter, what if Peter is like the successful one? 
the golden child? What if he really is like everything she wants? Like mm-hmm. he lives up to that fantasy, but in the time that she's asleep, she falls in love with Jack, who is more a little more similar to her yeah. and her personality. And it's like they they are more like peas in a pod as opposed to she is, you know, Cinderella and Peter's Prince Charming. And that's who she that's who she deserves. So I kind of was thinking it more like that. I, I don't want to watch a movie about the guy waking up and he's a complete asshole, you know, just like waking up and it's like, ah, <laughs> fucking mom, get me some fucking ice cream, mom. I don't know. Like, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure that's not what you're saying, but like. (laughs) But it's interesting that like to think about modernizing it, there's lots of ways in which this doesn't work or it it, maybe not that it doesn't work, but it becomes a lot more complicated because it's like, okay, you can look through his phone. You can look through his social media. You can track some of his activities. So it's not just like, it's, it's just harder for people to be like, Oh, how did you reach a point where you're supposed to get married without anybody knowing? Uh, That's just a little, I think that's a little more difficult. Yeah. That's interesting. I think that would definitely be something that would have to happen in, in a newer version is like, um, just like, yeah, the social media history, the text history instead. So there's a moment where Jack confronts Lucy in the hospital and is like testing her mm-hmm. about like, Peter's favorite things and all this. And she weirdly gets away with it because he asked the dumbest questions. Right. right? Favorite but, ice cream. Only, only his real fiance would know. Right. You know? <laughs> and so, so stupid. Um, that would be a lot more. That would be, that would be a story point where you'd have to be like, how, like, would she have to fake herself into the social media aspect of it? Or like her text threads with him, like, you know, does she like, does she have to like steal his phone and all this? Like, you know, that, that could be kind of an interesting way to, that would have to deal with this, this thing. And vice versa. They could look her up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, who is this person? Little. Um, while you were sleeping star Sandra Bullock as Lucy Bill Pullman as Jack Peter Gallagher as Peter and Jack Warden as Saul there's um, several other characters in here we couldn't do the entire family but we thought these four were the most important kind of to the story Um, and you know we've been sort of chatting about this for a while so why don't we just sort of get into uh, your pick for Lucy okay um Here's here's what I know about a movie like this. These kind of prim- What do you know? <laughs> These kind of premises go straight to streaming nowadays. Uh-huh. Like this is not a movie that comes out in theaters, unfortunately. No. So I feel like I tried to go in that direction where I was like, okay, let's say like Netflix was like, let's make let's remake while you were sleeping. I tried to cast people that felt like they were on the like who would definitely be on the list to star in like a Netflix rom-com. And it just Uh felt like a natural progression of their career. Um, So you're right. Lucy has to be the most likable person in the world. And not everybody is Sandra Bullock, no matter what your friend says. Um, She, yeah, she just, she has to have that sort of like cute aloofness that we fall in love with. Like, Of course, we look at her and we're like, you're crazy because you've never even talked to this guy, but you love him and you want to marry him. 
but somehow I don't care because you're really adorable and that just seems like who you are. So for my Lucy, I picked Ashley Park, star of Mean Girls the Musical and Emily in Paui. Oh. Um, yeah, she's like in the streaming world. Uh, I think she's got great comedy chops. She can sing, throw in a song. Why not? It's Christmas. <laughs> it's Christmas. <laughs> um, that's interesting. I have seen Emily in Paris. Um, what else? Is <laughs> no, you she say in? that. You say that loud and proud. You have uh, seen Emily in Paris. I've, I've seen Emily <laughs> in Paris. I have seen Emily in Paris. What else? But I oh, Girls Five Eva. There was something else. I thought. I maybe not. Maybe just Emily in Paris. Maybe just my love, deep love of Emily in Paris. Okay, this is interesting. I I uh, I like the pick. I I'm just surprised. This this is Uh-oh. she okay speechless. I I, I, <laughs> like my CPU completely shut down. Um, no, here's what I like about this pick is uh, she could do comedy really well, and I. I think, you know, being and we mentioned her like how Lucy is is very like charming and, you know, she feels like a a woman who's very small, like who thinks of herself as small. Mm -hmm. Right. She lives in a she works in a box. She lives in a box. She hides in a giant parachute sized sweaters. (laughs) Every time she enters a room, it's like, oh, my God, like Mm -hmm. just complete anxiety. Why, why did you say that? Say what? I'm not his fiance. Why did you tell me that you were? I'm not engaged. I've never even spoken to the what? guy. What? Well, down, downstairs, you said. You said you were going to marry him. Oh, jeez, I was talking to myself. Well, next time you talk to yourself, tell yourself you're single and end the conversation. But she's not. She's not really, like, she's the leading lady of this movie. and And she deserves that kind of, you know attention which she gets from this family who like immediately falls in love with her so i i kind of like that because um ashley park you know i feel like in emily in paris she's a little more out there if i if i recall the 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 very few episodes of that show that i watched Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. um but i see that as like you know in this sort of fairy tale trope being like oh let's hide this very beautiful and stunning and clearly charismatic like character behind a lot of like frumpiness and then allow her like natural self to come out and shine in those moments where for some reason people have to fall down while they're ice skating or walking in the snow. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, I, I, I am, I will self admit, I am kind of stretching my reasoning because I don't know her very well. Okay. But, well, who, I like it. What, what was your perspective on Lucy? Who did you pick? Um, I, I ended up picking Haley Lou Richardson. Solid choice. Um, I, I just have seen her in a lot of rom coms, um, either as the main lead or the best friend. I, I just sort of, you know, she just popped up in white Lotus mm-hmm. as um, Jennifer Coolidge's like hapless assistant. And I think she was just in the, my head from that moment of just like this girl who's like, 
you know, she, she doesn't know what to do. Like she's in that sort of age of, of not knowing like where her life is going and, and in that show. Um, <laughs> and I, uh, I just kind of liked her as, as sort of a, I guess a little more traditional, traditional, it's not really traditional. It, it just, as someone who, um, would continue this lie mm-hmm. for weeks like so this this movie starts on Christmas Eve and goes well past New Year's so mm-hmm. she's like a month in on this lie that she has to live in and I just thought Haley Lou Richardson could play you know I mean it's not she wasn't doing it maliciously or connivingly. She just got caught up in the love of this family. Right. And, and, um, that's sort of what was going on in my, in my head. That she feels like a very natural choice for this a hundred percent, because there is that like hiding behind her little screen, taking people's tokens, just, not bothering anyone type of vibe that I think I can see her having the like starry eyed moment in their uh, family Christmas where she's just never had anything like that. And so it's really beautiful to get to like be part of a family. Um, And I think she has that quality that like, cause you're right. Like she's, we know from the start, she's not doing any of this maliciously. She just desperately wants to love and be loved. But there is a version of this movie where Lucy is like trying to get something out of Peter and or his family. But I also think she has that quality that like, I feel like they just like glom on to Lucy. They're obsessed with her, like immediately, like she should come to Christmas. And then even more like, you should be here. You should do this. We're so excited. We can't like, you're the best. We can't wait for you to be part of our family. Like they are obsessed with her. And so I kind of feel like there is a version where hapless Lucy is just desperate for the love of a family. And these, <laughs> these people like won't let her leave either. Um, but yeah, no, I think that is, I think that makes complete sense. And I would watch her in this movie. Thank you. Um, with that said, I want to move on to Jack because of the coincidental nature of how you cast this. Yeah, this would definitely be on Netflix. So for Jack, I cast, I will say a star of Netflix. I picked Joe Keery from stranger things. Mm, Solid choice. Here's my number one criteria for Jack. He cannot mumble like (laughs) (laughs) you think Bill Bill Pullman's Pullman's a little quiet, like, Come on, Pop. I don't want to sell furniture. I want to make furniture. (laughs) There is a line at the end when he comes to propose to Lucy and he's like, Lucy, I need to ask you a question. And it sounds like a threat. Like he sounds like the Joker. (laughs) And I was like, oh, ooh, that's a little... If she didn't already love him, I'd be like terrified. Um, this is what I also thought about Jack, which I thought was kind of nice. Is like I, I did like how he he he, was, he seemed to be a little more at the heart of the family than Peter, mm-hmm. but Peter is the one that they kind of always 
are like more obsessed about. Yeah. And in that, in his own way, he is also kind of alone, you know, like Mm -hmm. Lucy. And I just sort of thought that like, um, Joe, Joe Keery could probably be more of like someone who, like he seems like someone who would be overshadowed by a more, like an older, more handsome, more successful, like (laughs) brother, you know what I mean? He's just, he's pretty average. So there's definitely someone better than him who could play Peter. <laughs> he's, he's, he's like mid, you know what I mean? <laughs> wow. Like a true, like a, no, he's, truly I, I think mid. I just think he's, I think he's really funny. I think he's really charming. I think he's someone that we like watching. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, um, I agree. I think it also, for me, I feel like ticks the box of what Jack needs in my book, which is great hair. Bill Pullman's hair in this movie is next level volume, smoothness, just absolutely at its peak, Um, which we know Joe Carey has great hair. Uh, But I, I agree. I feel like there has to be that, I don't know, not diminutive quality, but you're right. Like there's a part of watching Bill Pullman play Jack where you're like, yeah, he doesn't even like speak clearly and out loud because (laughs) he's, he's not the son who fills that role. Peter is the like big successful lawyer and he's just the guy who's going to, you know, work in his dad's business for the rest of his life. Um, And we're glad he does it because he finds the love of his life. Mm-hmm. Um, for my Jack, I feel like I, I also picked just like, not that I think Joe Carey is like a teenage heartthrob, but you know, the I feel like the, the girls love him, the men want to be him. Cole Sprouse. No notes. <clears throat> <laughs> Here, here's the weird thing I will talk about. Um, I mean, do you really want me to talk about Cole Sprouse? No. I mean, as much no as notes. you need to let it out if it's been no bottled notes. up. <laughs> Perfect casting. Moving on. Um, the weird thing about this, and we've talked about this on this podcast a lot, is like Sandra Bullock's 30 in this movie. Bill mm-hmm. Pullman is 42. Peter Gallagher's 40. Like, yeah. Um, it's just weird to me now. Like it's it's like what what is so wrong with casting uh, a love interest that is within three years of the lead? You right. know what I mean? Like what is so what, wrong with the with the love interest being around the same age and like there is something unreasonable about that to Hollywood that does not make any sense. Yeah, I I I. I that that's why I think the one thing I'll I'll talk about Cole Sprouse is like I I I'm glad you picked someone that was of age. You know what I mean? I every I kept asking people like who 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 do you think should be in this? And they kept picking like the oldest men, and these are women. And I was just like, you realize you are perpetuating this. Right idea not that it's like my mountain to die on i it's just like but it, it's just interesting right you watch this and then like suddenly like i i don't know i don't know that's just my it's, weird soapbox it is interesting how i think the i think we see that to the degree where like i was looking people up who were around 30 
And I was finding myself being like, yeah, but I can't cast someone like Jacob Elordi. He plays teenagers, even though he's like 28. So that's the crazy thing is I think in my mind, I was even still like, well, no, because that doesn't make sense, even though that makes way more sense. <laughs> I Maybe visually, it it is weird because is Joe Kearney or Cole Sprouse looking like guys ready to throw a ring down at the CTA and like <laughs> propose after a month of knowing someone? I don't know. Who knows? But I, I, I'll say this about Cole Sprouse as Jack. Like he definitely seems like the, like someone who would be the one to kind of be around for this family. Mm-hmm. Like, um, th- the thing about Jack like having to like support his dad's business because Peter got to go off and be a lawyer and live his life and and like wanting to like have his own space like I think he would play that really well if that was sort of still a part of this newer version. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, and I definitely would watch anything with Cole Sprouse, including. <laughs> hang on a second. Oh, five, five. What is it? Five feet apart. Oh yeah. Starring Haley Lou Richardson, mm-hmm. my my girl. So, yeah. Yeah. So, since we're talking brothers, were we? Um, uh, let me guess who you picked for Peter. Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Shocking. It is not his twin. Oh, okay. I did keep... Well, I feel like that brings in a whole dynamic that I just don't want to touch, honestly. That they would look the same. But... I I liked the idea that Peter is a little bit older and has the air of like, because you look at Peter Gallagher and you're like, oh, a thousand percent. I don't have to know him to be like tall, dark and handsome, well-dressed, winning smile. Of course, she falls in love with him from a distance. And so I kind of wanted to keep, I think, that same idea where like she doesn't know his age. She just knows he wears a nice business suit a beautiful camel coat and looks incredible. Turns out he is a little bit more mature and is a successful lawyer, but like she just, she doesn't know all that. So I did cast someone a little bit older than Cole Sprouse, uh, but someone who I think fits so perfectly into the idea of this movie. (laughs) I picked Chad Michael Murray. Oh, I, oh my God. I think this is great. And I say that because I almost picked Chad Michael Murray. It fits. It fits. There is magic in this idea. I believe it. I didn't realize how, like, I mean, how old he is. He, I, like, in my head thought he was, like, 48. No. No. He's... 41. Yeah. Like I for some reason I thought he was much older. He would be great. He however made me think of someone else which Uh-oh. is who I picked, <gasps> which is he's sort of in the same kind of vein. Okay. Just 3 years younger. I picked Garrett Headland. Ooh. Okay. Interesting. They do kind of look similar. I think Chad Michael Murray is a little bit more attractive. I think Garrett <laughs> Headland is a little bit more, a little better of an actor. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I, I like both of these picks. I just sort of, I, 
keep coming back to the idea when you first see Peter and and he's just like he's you know he's the embodiment of success mm-hmm. and um wealth and you know just he's yeah like that he's like a winner and he mm-hmm. just he moves through life can we, can we talk about how he fell off the tracks like what happened there he was almost mugged right is that what they were because they just like toss his scarf and then he falls back and they're like uh oh and then they'd like because they casually run the other way or are they just gonna like beat him up <laughs> i don't know it was like one of these things where i was kind of confused like what were they doing they're just harassing him or they were trying to mug him or it, it wasn't clear i think that like the newer version really needs to clarify who and why peter ends up on the train track. especially because lucy does run out there really quickly and in my heart of arts i was like even if i thought i loved this man i'd be like oh Let's make sure these these guys who might be attempting to hurt him leave before I try to save him. Yeah. But, you know, the things you do for love. Um, when he wakes up, I think I think you and I have a difference of like what we want to see out of this character when mm-hmm. he comes kind of comes back in the movie. Um, I do think Chad Michael Murray kind of plays. I mean, I, I haven't seen a lot of his stuff um, in recent years, but. I could see him playing more of a like entitled prick or or how you how you see it. I think is that what you're going for? Kind of. I can see him having that sort of like I love the interaction where she's talking to him and she like knows her, her favorite suit that he wears and he's like, oh yeah, it's a good one. Like that sort of like. <laughs> That being like, oh, yeah, that is his identity, is being wealthy, well-dressed, like, Mm -hmm. good-looking, all of that stuff. Like, I can see that just, like, rolling off of Chad Michael Murray. I think one of my – there are two of my favorite scenes in the movie involve Peter. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know why. Like, it's it's so weird how I'm so fascinated by this man who's asleep for most <laughs> of the movie. But the f- scene when he's still asleep and Jack and him are playing cards. Remember in like uh, fifth or sixth grade, I was starting to get really good at poker and uh, going home with lots of lunch money. I get to know the principal's office really well. He always used to say to me, how come you can't be more like your brother, Peter? <laughs> you know what? I was all right with that. I had no problems with that because I was proud of you. And I was never envious of anything that you had. Until now. I'll cut the deck. High card gets Lucy. All right, we'll go best out of three. That's cute. You know, just to just to exemplify that Peter always beats Jack. Like there's mm-hmm. oh, it's like he always gets away with it. The story about the chipmunks, and you find out that Peter actually hurt the chipmunks and then saved or the squirrels and then saved the squirrels, and it's like. Jack never gets that. Jack gets put upon. Jack gets like, you know, he's the one who has to like figure out who his 
brother is marrying because like he's worried that she's like scamming his family and for good reason you know what i mean like he's the he because has she to kind do that. of is yeah and then the second scene i love is when um saul talks to peter when he wakes up and basically calls him an idiot for like five minutes and he's like i love you but you're a putz you've always been a putz like you you have to get your head straightened out or your life is gonna be shit you know um which speaking of salt let's move on to him because i do feel like what you're getting at is that he is kind of the center of like this whole movie is a 90 minute ad for boundary issues. Like Saul (laughs) knows Lucy is lying and that this is all a mistake and what he tells her and what everybody says who finds out, they're just like, better not tell because people, people might get sad. They might die. Sorry. Uh, you know what? You don't, you don't have to worry because I'm going to tell them everything. Don't tell them a thing. You remember the day you said you'd, you'd never do anything to hurt the family? Yeah. Well, since they met you, they figure they have Peter back. Now, if you tell them the truth, uh, you'll take them away again. They need you, Lucy. Just like you need them. Now, look, I know you're a good girl. And I know you'll do the right thing. Yes, you will. Like, Mm -hmm. it's so off because in that that scene, Saul is supposed to be the one to tell him the truth and to reveal because he promises Lucy he's going to help her in that way. No, he does nothing. He essentially is like, "Eh, maybe it wouldn't be so bad to marry her and get to know her. And... It's interesting because you're like, what is he like? What is he getting at? Is he does he just like Lucy so much that he wants a win for her? Or does he does he really like love Peter and want him to make a really great choice because he thinks Lucy is so great? What like what is his deal? Um, If I recall from this movie, I, I kind of feel like she brings up this idea that like, what is this? old Jewish guy doing hanging around this very like weird Irish Catholic family. Mm -hmm. How did he become Peter's godfather? And Saul says something, which I forget about how, you know, something about donating chairs or something like that. Um, Yeah. They like talk the priest into it. I, I think the commonality of Saul also kind of being adopted by this family and also being alone. Mm -hmm. Also like he doesn't have anyone. His life, his wife died two years prior opens space for him to be sympathetic to Lucy, um, which is why he kind of thinks and hopes that like, like that I think allows him to, to really see her for who she is Mm -hmm. and how great she is. And then he pushes Peter on her because he knows Peter's an idiot. Like he sees the board, he's seeing the whole board and he's like, Oh God, this lady lied for reason, which I can forgive. And the family needs her. The family loves her. I love her. And my godson's an idiot. (laughs) 
And I think this might be the first good thing he could actually do in his life. And so, yeah, I think I think it's sort of both. Right. I think ultimately he he's trying to improve Peter's life. But then he realizes what a mistake that is. Like when she walks down the aisle and they give each other this look and he kind of is like, oh, no, like I've kind of fucked this up because I can see she doesn't love Peter. And I know they'll both kind of be miserable if they go through with this. Um, so that's that's what I kind of thought is that he he's doing he's. He's doing everything for good reason. He just he he's not he missed by like a degree mm-hmm. a bit. So who is your is it your turn? Who is your yes. who's your soul? Who you got? Um I I so I kind of thought about like fairy godmother, fairy godfather kind of thing and I ended up picking um Mary Steenburgen. Hmm. Um, Love her. I I I just think that she um, she's funny, but she has like such a sweetness in her mm-hmm. that it's like if she believes that Lucy belongs a, to be a part of this family, you're like, okay, you know, she has Lucy's back. So this is, you know, it's it's not going to be so bad when they finally tell her. And then when she kind of fucks it up, <laughs> like, I think she can still, you know still be likable in that way. It's like, yeah, she did it for good intention. She thought like the easiest way out is just, just have them get married. And then the stories that like, yeah, she fibbed a little, but then they got married. And so it it worked out anyways. Um, That's who I picked. That's really great. I've, I love her in a Christmas movie. Love Mm. her as love her as that sort of fairy godmother. I think character that Saul ends up being, I think I went not in a similar direction, but I had that same sort of feeling of like, who do I want to be that sort of the, that connecting magical character who's like, okay, they get it, but they also just like have so much love for the family that they're trying to make the best work. (laughs) And I think this person is someone that I would enjoy their sort of gruffness with the softness that they can bring Mm -hmm. into these scenes. I picked Danny DeVito. Wow, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> I also can definitely see him as I loved the dynamic between him and the uh, grandmother where they were constant. She was constantly like misunderstanding him. And he had mm-hmm. to be like, I didn't say Cesar Romero was Spanish. I said he was tall. Like those, I I really loved those family moments. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm jealous. I'm I'm wildly jealous. Um, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> I think that's great. I don't know. Um, this is where the money's uh, going. No doubt, his fee is higher than anybody else's on this cast list. This is where the money's going. No, but I mean, like, yeah, you like to have like Danny DeVito be accomplice to this lie for this family, and and you know, um, I think I think that's great. I think it's great and you know I'm just I'm I'm I want to say this without sounding like a douche so hopefully <laughs> if it sounds douchey you'll cut it out okay. but like having worked with him personally like he's he's just fucking great mm-hmm. like everybody agrees yeah in front of the camera and off camera he is a great guy he's, yeah like I just I, I think it's great uh, yeah I just think it's great 
Um, and that's it. We only have four. Or do we? Oh, wait a minute. Mm. We, we got one left, as is tradition. Guys, where does Barry Pepper go? So anyone new listening to this podcast, since it's uh hasn't been out in a while, obviously we we obviously not obviously, but it's tradition around here <laughs> yeah, to dummy, to don't leave. you know? <laughs> <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> Subscribe. Um uh it's tradition around here to leave a little space at the table for Barry Pepper because we think he can play anything. Yeah, leave a little space I, at Christmas dinner for Barry Pepper. <laughs> I do think this is one of the rare times that he might not belong in this movie. <laughs> I I made him one of the doctors. I didn't even specify, but I was like, that's the, that feels like the lane. I made him Ashley Bacon's husband who shows up at the <laughs> wedding at the end, who also objects. Um, oh, what a great was, moment. Yeah, it was either that or the lawyer who inadvertently impaled Peter's testicle with a pencil during a basketball right. game. Like... <laughs> so specific uh, uh, yeah agreed though i'm not sure this is his this is his space but all right any other like weird notes about this movie you have i, I don't ha- i don't have much um i did have a question at the top because lucy the reason she sees peter fall on the tracks is she's working on christmas which her boss has to beg her to do and one of the things he promises her is that she will be employee of the month and as employee of the month she rides in the saint patrick's day parade is that normal that the cta's employee of the month for what december would ride in the parade in march (laughs) i i thought and I apologize because I just watched this movie this morning. I thought he was making it up. I thought he made the award up to convince her to just work on Christmas but, because he knew she was the only one who would. But he actually wrote the commendation. Because oh, okay. remember, he like hands it to her and he's like, I'm giving you, I'm recommending you for employee of the month. And he has this whole thing written up that's like, she works every holiday. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Um, you know, I believe it because here's why. Okay. Who of any importance is in the Chicago St. Patrick's Day Parade? <laughs> Name one person that couldn't be in the St. Patty's Day Parade. Like, do you remember in Fugitive when, like, Harrison Ford is running from the law and just ends up in the St. Patty's Day Parade? Like, yeah. I don't think it's that big of a, of a prize. You know what Chicago I mean? Chicago like, is nuts. <laughs> like, Ferris Bueller skipped a day and ended up in a parade in Chicago. Like, I, I, I think they just kind of give them out. <laughs> They're like a Dave and Buster's gift card there. Um, I also have a question about, so the tradition of mistletoe is you end up under mistletoe, you kiss the person you are under mm-hmm. the mistletoe with. But mm-hmm. there is an occasion where Jack and Lucy end up under the mistletoe everybody thinks lucy is engaged to marry peter and for some reason they're all like you have to kiss you have to it's tradition you in you idiots ended up under the mistletoe (laughs) you have we're all gonna watch you have to kiss and i was like is this is this the accepted tradition? Like, doesn't matter the circumstance. You end up under the mistletoe. You are obligated to smooch this person. 
No, it that that's that to me just sort of screams like forced screenwriting plot is like we need these two to smooch to a, to to cement in their minds that they are meant to be together. But like, can you imagine being at a family Christmas and your brother and like your I don't I don't like it's like your your it would be like if like I'm there and my brother in law. Is like yes. we end up under the mistletoe and everybody's like, uh oh. Yeah. So what happens? Like if the dad and daughter end up under it, it's like, uh oh. What are the limits of this tradition? Yeah. Is he gonna give her tongue or what? The old Christmas tongue? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Can we talk about Joe Jr.? I think we should give a huge honorable mention to Joe Jr. Played by Michael Rispoli. Um I mean he's a predator. Yeah, yeah. But like, also any- fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I here's here's the thing. He his worst crime was assuming that Lucy would just like end up being with her. What I kind of liked about him in a weird way was that. I do think he weirdly loved Lucy. I think he was in love with her and tried his best several times to be the man that he thought she would want. I mean, he's probably not running around. We saw we saw the woman he kind of like ended up dating towards the end. Like he probably is accustomed to a woman who likes behavior like he was showing early on. Mm -hmm. But by the end, he literally, he's like giving her flowers. He's trying to like stick up for her because he thinks that, you know, Jack's some uh, creepo. He's trying to, you know, you know, I, I mean, yeah. Did he try to wear her clothes and probably stole a bunch of her underwear? Yes. Yes. He is a problem. But I think there's room uh, room, room for improvement there for Joe Jr. There is room for this character, for improvements on this character, because the, his biggest flaw is that she has told him many times, we are not a thing, I do not want to date you. And he just approaches, he's like the memory of a goldfish. Like, he just approaches the next interaction like, you didn't mean it. That is problematic but i do love the idea of her having like a friend in the building who's like who's this guy it's fun color to throw in there but he also kind of struck me as a guy who like if he actually got into a fight would lose big time oh 100 like- <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. um okay last thing would you remake this movie i'm gonna say yes I would. I'm also going to say yes. I think, yeah, please take it away. I think it is, like we said, there is enough of the fairy tale aspect sprinkled in that I think you could take those building blocks and make something really fun. Because like like I mentioned before, if the original pitch was like this woman falls into a coma and this man is kind of mistaken for her fiance, like I think if there is something like this where it's so versatile where you could be like, what if we just switched it? Like there's other versions of this that would be equally as fun to just try out, even though I know that even more so we should be very careful uh, about assuming 
you know, if someone's in a coma, <laughs> I just, I just want to be aware that there's nothing weird. You just have to, it has to be completely silly and fun. Um, but like I said, a streaming platform, I think could take this and remake it and it would just be tons of fun. Yeah, I could totally see myself at like two in the afternoon on a Christmas Eve being like, fire up the the reboot of while you were sleeping. It probably won't be as good as the original. It probably, you know, there probably be things that, you know, you you just be like, why did you do this? Like, why did you whatever, whatever. Um I just think I think the conceit is, you know, as as weird as it could get, the conceit of the of the comedy of error of like person pretends to be the the love of someone who falls into a coma it is i don't know i'm not going to say evergreen but like <laughs> there there's a classicness to it in a weird way that always is going to lend itself to be funny mm-hmm. as long as it's handled well um so yeah i say yeah why not great fire up the old reboot machine (laughs) i don't know why i made seven minutes of sound effects but uh all right guys thank you so much for joining us this week on rebooted uh please check out our past episodes please Stick around for future episodes. I know that things are crazy with us and, uh, you know, it's few and far between these days, but we will get something out there hopefully for um, before the new year and and beyond. Um, tell your friends about us. Tell your family, uh, your enemies. Please subscribe. Please rate. Kenna, where can the people find us? Um, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, like Brian said, subscribe. That way, like, you don't you don't have to worry about figuring out what's happening next. It just shows up in your feed. Technology is crazy. Um, also, leave us a rating and a review. That's the best way to help us out. You can also find us on social media at Rebooted Pod everywhere. Except maybe we should get off Twitter because it's a trash fire. I don't know. Maybe we should get on TikTok. Oh, man. I don't know. It's. Uh, I joined Mastodon and I don't know why. It's I don't, so confusing. I only know that it exists. I have no idea what it is. And I'm scared. I. I signed up and then I haven't gone back. Why is it called like, Mastodon? I don't know. I don't know. Anyways. Oh, be real. Oh, be real. Be real. That's interesting. <laughs> Are there a company be reals? Like, can you do I like don't... a business be real? Is that not real? I, don't know. I guess. I guess that's the whole point. Um, all right, guys. Well, we'll see you next time. Goodbye for now. If I didn't have you, whatever would I do now, baby? Wherever would I be without you? I'd be nowhere. I'd be nowhere. I'd be nowhere without you. How did Joe Kelly get to be a lector? He takes marijuana.